I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to my dad wrote a porn of the footnotes. Now today we are very, very lucky because we're joined by the creator and star of the biggest TV show on the planet right now, Shit's Creek. It's Dan Levy. Hi, Dan. Hey. Hi, everybody. What an honor and a thrill this is for me. <laughs> the <laughs> honor is all ours. <laughs> I'm going to preface this by saying I just bought a house and I am for the first time in my new house. And I'm more excited about what we're about to do than actually being in my new home. <laughs> What a housewarming. <laughs> so are you in America or Canada? And and where do you normally listen to the podcast? I'm currently in Los Angeles, where I have been listening to it nightly. Um, and it's been a wonderful thing. <laughs> and I will say, like an intense binge of these books is I'm very concerned for my mental health. Sure. I mean, you know, I'm sort of in the process of figuring out what I'm doing next. And I will say that Having this as sort of a companion in the early stages of developing new ideas is a wonderful thing for any writer or creator. <laughs> it really makes you think you have real trust in your own abilities next to dad. You're like, I could write anything. Oh my God. The, rea- the confidence, the sheer confidence exuded in his work <laughs> yeah. is something that we can all learn from. Totally. So yeah, let's let's talk about it because... How are you finding book five? It's getting quite complicated, isn't it? Here's why I talk about it being a sort of intellectual and psychological challenge, because <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be able to keep up with just the, the sheer complexity of this piece of art. Um, <laughs> oh, no, Dan, do not call it art. <laughs> I will say that every time that I am confused, you are confused, and that makes me feel comforted. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. You know what I mean? Like, it moves at a pace that's a lot faster than anything I'm used to in my life. <laughs> I, I'm just barely keeping up. Well, I feel like Dad's finally found plot. I mean, shit plot, but you know, the stuff is happening for the for the first time ever in this book, and it's it's happening at a rate of knots. You're right. It is completely cinematic at this point, and also there is a murder. Like, there people have been murdered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. You know what I mean? Like before, it was like office place sex. Now we're actually dealing with dead bodies. I mean, Bish is sort of a, a, what I would call a, like an international criminal at this point. I think when you bomb something, that's an act of terrorism. <laughs> and um, and it sort of went away quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and the consequences never really landed. And then we actually meet the person who is orchestrating all of this. 
and nobody decided to really put an end to his life. Yeah, they just kind of let Bish go. I mean, they this is what they like went for dinner with him and then just escaped themselves. It was rubbish. But I feel like to let him live is letting him suffer enough. Like, the, the man's not well. <laughs> but he lives in his own. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> I'm not sure we want to be at the vanguard of a new genre of porn, Terrorotica. Terrorotica is absolutely what it is. And I have learned so many descriptives in the process of listening and reading this book. I mean, rememberable is a word that I hope to involve in my own work at some point. I mean, I think there's some really profound contributions to the English language. And I plan on celebrating. (laughs) What I love about the writing is that it it can be, on one hand, completely descriptive. We know everything about a person. And then on the other hand, there's like a a lot of use of like, and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I know literally the fabric that is being unbuttoned on Belinda's shirt, but I also don't know where they are. (laughs) (laughs) Or when they are. Or when they are. Or who's in the room. The addition of people to a room is also a really great thing. And I feel like if this were ever turned into a television show, the sheer mania of it all, like it would be like a Twilight Zone episode. (laughs) Is that how you would see it, Dan? Would you see it as a kind of hybrid? It would be a sort of horror meets, I mean, is it comedy? Because some of it's kind of slapstick. There's definitely some slapstick. There's definitely some terror, high intrigue, thriller, I could see it living on like FX here in America. I don't know whether there's like an FX version of whatever that would be in the UK. We'd have been happy with straight to DVD. So yeah, sure. FX (laughs) is great. It's a VHS tape that you just have to see. (laughs) Where do you think it's all going? How do you think it's going to end? Where do you think Rocky's going to take the plot from here? I mean, I know it's hard to predict, but if if you were going to take charge of the direction, what would you what would you say? I will say this. Giselle is one of my favorite characters, and I feel like she is, and would would be if this were a TV show or a film, would be sort of who I would lean on in terms of driving a lot of story. Mm-hmm. Because Belinda, I mean, what I will say about Belinda that I find to be, I guess, a wonderful attribute is that she's so even keel that even when she's enthusiastic about something, it still plays as incredibly laissez-faire. Yeah, she doesn't really have extremes of emotion. No, which essentially, like, when I listen to it, in my mind, I'm picturing sort of like a lifeless rag doll that sort of gets tossed about and maybe smiles from time to time, but is okay generally with it. Yeah, she's sort of like driftwood, pretty driftwood. (laughs) Exactly. You can sort of like place her anywhere and she'd be fine. People will be shouting um, with their headphones in that they feel like she's a much more um, developed, well-rounded, you know, feminist icon of a character. I mean, I would obviously shout over them and tell them they were wrong. But um, Dan, you are, you're not necessarily (laughs) making friends for yourself here. No, I know. And just don't get me wrong. I am not saying that she isn't completely complicated and that someone (laughs) in some sort of academic facility should be writing a dissertation on her and what she represents. Sure. I just feel like I'm really fascinated by the Giselle of the whole situation because I I do feel like they are 
polar opposites that sort of create the magnetic energy of the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, Markover de Klotz versus Blumenthal is going to be one of those discussions that will carry on for years. The fact that these names are the most unmemorable, memorable names. <laughs> it's like if you were pitching a TV show and you came in with these names, some network executive would be like, well, nobody would be able to figure this out. Yeah, I am still unclear on Giselle's last name. Don't know how to spell it. Still difficult to say. Mars Chargeva de Klotz. <laughs> Did that help? I, I rest my case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've never proven a point so accurately ever. It is truly a masterpiece. And <laughs> it's a combination. I mean, you know, you're selling out arenas at this point, so I don't need to tell you why it works. You guys do uh, live shows as well, right? We do, yeah. And they're so, don't you have so much fun? Yes. They're mad. Yeah. They're so mad. We start our second world tour next year. We can't wait. I know. Well, I have to come to one of the dates. Yes. Yeah, you got to come. to Los Angeles. Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, well then I will up. be there in the audience watching. Come to Helsinki. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Helsinki not selling so well. <laughs> I'll fly to New Zealand. I'll, do, I'll go wherever you are. I'll do a full roadie band tour yes. and just slowly have you hire someone to keep me away (laughs) yeah to test your fandom we're like la would be way too easy (laughs) (laughs) i'll just document the journey to helsinki i never actually made it there but i heard the show was great (laughs) we might not make it there either to be honest (laughs) no we will helsinki please come there's there's always one that's nicer to have more intimate isn't it (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so if giselle's your favorite character who would you play Obviously, there's been a lot of talk oh, about yeah. the movie version of Belinda Blink. So this is your opportunity. Get who, on your knees, start begging. <laughs> who would you like to play? Uh, if nothing, then just a physical descriptor. I guess thick rim glasses. Oh! <laughs> as soon as that descriptor came up, I was like, well, this is me. And then I guess it's a, it was a very flattering depiction of my body, if that were the case. <laughs> thick rimmed by name, thick rimmed by nature, Dan. <laughs> exactly. My question to you is, when is this movie actually happening? Well, that is the question. I mean, we are having, you know, Spielberg's interested. <laughs> Cameron's interested. He said after Avatar, he's going to do Belinda Blink. You know, J- James and Diaz, that is. <laughs> you have a cast of actors that would, you would have funding for this movie in a heartbeat. So we'll talk after this is all done, but I really want to help this get made. But who would write the screenplay? Like Rocky would have to adapt yeah, his own book to the screen, like E.L. James did, I guess, with... Fifty Shades. And that worked so well. So, you know, <laughs> history can just repeat itself, right? How about this, though? I, I'm throwing something out there. I feel like Rocky and David Lynch. Oh, yeah. Writing something together. I feel like David Lynch's films exist in that strange space of, like, what is happening? What did I just look at? It would be artful if we, like, brought in a David Lynch-type figure to really help, how do I describe this, refine maybe some of the sure. rougher edges of Rocky's writing <laughs> and really <laughs> sort of raise the bar in terms of what we could actually do or say with this. I would just love to be a fly on the wall in that room where Rocky and David Lynch are brainstorming. <laughs> yeah. That's the documentary that's sort of supplementary content for all of this. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah. David Lynch is like, Rocky, we need to be more mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> Has there been sort of a common actress that people have pitched for Belinda that is sort of at the forefront of our casting search? 
Um, That's the one role we no one really wants struggle. to play Belinda. <laughs> I don't know why. I will say this: the characters' faces from the artwork on the books, at least from the ones that you can purchase in America. It is. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of people in Los Angeles that look like those characters. Um, <laughs> you can find many Belindas in the city of Los Angeles, not so shockingly. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Online Therapy. Now, we don't always realise just how much our negative thoughts and experiences stick with us and weigh us down. You might find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mum does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get all of this off your chest, and I'm sorry about what I said last week, James. Um, Whether (laughs) it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. And that's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mydad today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash my dad. Dan, it would be remiss to get you on and not ask you, for Jamie's benefit really, how you deal with the father-son dynamic. Because obviously you work with your dad. Uh-huh. In ways it's quite similar and in ways it's quite different. I don't really have to deal with the the reality of, of you know, my dad describing the inner folds of a woman's sure. vagina. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Not for uh, a living anyway, no. You, you are lucky there, Daniel. So in my mind, I have the sort of safety and security of, of just pretending like that doesn't exist to him. Although you say that, he was in maybe the most iconic scene about a father and a son kind of having a sexual moment in American Pie. I mean, was that, how how old were you when that came out? I was right in high school. So key demographic. (laughs) So you basically could have been Jason Biggs in that movie. I mean, there was a chapter of my life growing up where people used to ask me whether the show was a biography of my life. And I would say I would kill to have had an interesting life like that. I was not fucking pies, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Thank God we got that movie, on the record. After the movie came out, I would, I'm sure it was an epidemic of just people fucking pies. Uh, <laughs> that was not me. He did not walk in on me having sex with a pie. The movie was not about my life, sadly. Oh. Dan, stop saying it. We get it. It wasn't you. <laughs> I also heard, Dan, that you were doing a sex scene on Shit's Creek in season one that your dad was present for? (laughs) (laughs) My dad has become very sort of proud of me and my sister because my sister's on the show as well. Hmm. 
and really likes to the you know all the scenes that he's not in he really likes to sort of cheer from the sidelines and there was a scene in season one where i was in bed with the character stevie and i got to a point where i was like can someone just tell my dad to leave i don't (laughs) think he needs to be here for this i don't think it's benefiting him it's definitely not benefiting me. <laughs> and like, I, I don't need the stage dad happening right now. I love the idea of someone being like, um, Eugene, uh, there's just something that's required of you in the hair and makeup right now. If we could just borrow you. Some squeaky voiced intern coming up being like, oh, Mr. Lovey, can you come with me for a second, please? <laughs> the actors have asked if you wouldn't stare. I have an, an overarching question for you. Okay. I have tried and I've thought about it and I've made notes about it. Belinda blinking. Is there more to it? Does she blink at a particular moment in her life? Is there any connective tissue to why and when she blinks? There's no connective tissue between her ears, Dan. (laughs) No, I think there is. I think she always blinks when she's surprised. Yes. And when something hasn't gone the way that she perceived it to. Interesting. Okay. Because Rocky is so good at, at, keeping track of characters and throwing them in the mix when you least expect them, I feel like there has to be some sort of order to when he selects to write Belinda Blink. Because also other people blink, don't they, as well? And that always seems to be pertinent. Exactly. Yeah. Usually it's also at an end of the chapter, so it might just be like a narrative device. A flourish. But I was curious to know whether there was something deeper there. Yeah, there are some fan theories, right, that when she blinks, it's something to do, it's something temporal. It's something to do with time travel. Wow. Yeah, I think it was Rachel Bloom who said that every time she blinks, she takes a mental photograph that is then sent to Rocky in the past or future. Oh, I can't remember. Well, Rachel thought that she was from the future. She was like an alien. Right. I think that's what Rachel Right, 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 right. That would explain a lot. Yeah. Because the other thing is she doesn't do it very often, which would suggest she's not human because she blinks like once a day or something like that. So, (laughs) which is odd. Very dry eyes. Her eyes are sort of robotically self-lubricating she just is able to see but what an incredible humanoid if she is because she's lubricated in other departments that's true maybe it's all channeled to one area so it's maybe not... it's just what there's only one hose listen yeah. these sex robots are getting more and more evolved it is a whole new industry who's to say yeah we've seen ex machina they can do terrible and wonderful things Oh my God, what if everyone in Belinda Blinked is in an alternate universe where they're all sex robots and and that's why their emotions are weird and their Dad did go on holiday to Tokyo in 2014. (laughs) Oh no, it's... (laughs) No, I'm joking, you didn't really. (laughs) I'm buying into this theory. It sounds very good. Yeah, it does. You're kind of selling us on it. It explains why there's so much sex. I mean, she once had sex like, what, eight times in one day? And granted, that day was felt like a full year. But it was multiple partners, which, you know, live your life. But, you know, it would explain the, like, constant yeah. need and, uh, and, and finding herself in these precarious situations where she just sort of slips into a sexual scenario. It's a conveyor easily. belt of sex, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan, you said who you would like to play potentially. Do you feel like Belinda mm-hmm. Blint is accidentally maybe the most contemporary and sort of feminist pornography ever? I don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> like short answer, absolutely. <laughs> because, you know, I feel like we're conditioned in today's society to be so aware of consent and when there's not consent. And I'm always, every time I listen, 
she is consensually engaged in all of these scenarios. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, she is. Absolutely. Very empowered woman. And that is, I think, an uh, you know, a necessary message to send out there. I mean, she is never in a compromised situation and she's not opening herself up, so to speak, to mm-hmm. people that she does not want. No. And she's in control of every single sexual liaison she has I think and we've talked a lot about there being no shame in Belinda Blinked about wanting lots of sex and who you want sex with there's no discussion about labels about you know am I gay am I bisexual it's just like I want to have sex with who I want to have sex with that's really freeing and on another note like everyone just loves having sex I mean it's it's promoting something in a safe and free and lovely space and I'm not gonna lie I felt empowered and inspired by way of it Dan is this getting you horny yeah I'm saying I need to have sex more basically (laughs) you're honestly the only person we found that this turns on (laughs) I'm sure there's more people that share my sentiment I agree a worrying amount of couples listen to this show in bed to go to sleep they're trying things they're doing role play the the amount of role play that this has inspired I'm sure is culture defining (laughs) <laughs> there are couples all over the world that it's like, right we're listening to the episode and whatever Belinda does we have to do tonight oh that's a fun I game I think that's a great game it is a good game what a Russian roulette of sexy yeah, time it could be anything it could exactly. be mistress sweet juice with all that cream it and the could ham be the ham because <laughs> mm-hmm. your character in Schitt's Creek is pansexual yes yes we have a very similar approach on our show you know, we we don't discuss really sexuality and it's not a conversation. It's how it should be. Yeah. Sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. No questions asked. No shame attached. And ultimately, we're all better for it. I mean, the more open and free we can be with each other and the less shame that's attached, the better and safer we'll be. So... Thank you, Belinda Blinked. The only (laughs) exception to that rule, Dan, I would say is doing it in a conference room at work just off reception. (laughs) Well, who's to say really? Um, (laughs) Well, I'm going to say, I'm going to (laughs) say. Don't location shame. (laughs) Um, There's a worrying amount of similarities between your show and Belinda Blinked, Dan, and they're growing by the second. (laughs) We are often compared to Belinda Blinked. And to me, that is the greatest compliment I could get. (laughs) We have to say, the show has done phenomenally well. It's massive. Thanks. It's Considering it's a very small sort of show that we make up in Canada, we're stunned. And, you know, we were all at the Emmys this year and looking around sort of like deer caught in the headlights. None of us quite knew why we were there or how (laughs) we got there, but we were really, really pumped to (laughs) to be there. Probably more than anyone else, because everyone plays it really cool at those things. Well, I think you're, I mean, you're going to win next year, right, for the final season. It's, it's kind of a done deal. So by you saying that, that sort of means that it's happening, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, then yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> as long as Phoebe Waller-Bridge doesn't write something, it's like, Phoebe, stay out of this. I will say this. I have never been more happy to lose to anyone <laughs> or anything in my life than yeah, that yeah, show yeah. and her. No, it's a good one. It's a good one to bow to. So what are you doing for your, like... You're obviously coming to the end of your show. How how are you ending it? Can you give us any exclusive little tidbits? <laughs> um, you know, it was really sad. We shot the last episode in June, at the end of June. Uh, and we've all been really close. And I think when you go through something as life-changing as this with a group of people that you really love, it's always sad to say goodbye. Um, but fortunately, we've done something, as as you all have, that's made people smile. Um, and that's quite an amazing thing and, and a rare sort of privilege. So 
we're just excited about it. I think the show is going to give the fans what they want. I think the last season is really, you know, a marriage between servicing our characters, which I can't say on this podcast, servicing our characters. No, I'm going to say, you know, giving the characters what they want and giving the fans what they want. And it was the hardest season to write, obviously, because the expectations are high. But I think we did a really nice job of wrapping it all up and hopefully people enjoy it. And it's coming out in January and, you know, we'll see. Oh, I can't wait. Do you think you'll stay in touch with like your dad and your sister or will it be like once it's done, it's done? (laughs) Oh, oh, God, no, 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 we're we're good. You've got what you needed out of them. Yeah, it's through. I understand. Exactly. The contract was a seven year deal and we're we're (laughs) done. Oh, well, Dan, it's been so, so great having you on the show. And thanks for being such a belinker. You're really outing yourself as an Uber fan here. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. And uh, carry on. And I'll see you on tour. Yes. Yes. See you in LA. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today.